0: Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a Messy Walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome, everybody, back to the Messy Walk Podcast. We are super excited to be continuing into the series of confessions of a pastor the last two episodes. We got into um, just two main confessions I think most pastors and Christians have.
1: This is fun and not fun all at the same time. Um, So it's kind of fun to be like, you know, like we were joking around last week, here's my confessions, like usher. But at the same time, it is not fun uh, because, you know, these really are confessions. Um, So first week we hit, Graham, the confession was – I can't stand most Christians. Christians, And we kind of talked through that. Um, And then last week, we rolled into this second confession, which to me is probably one of the most embarrassing ones that we're going to do for me personally in this series, but also one of the most important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that may be your case too, those of you that are listening, that you may, you know, find that you don't want to necessarily admit this one, but if you do, if you lean into it, that there's a lot of growth can come from it. And that, that big, um, Confession was is that I have a weak faith, and where we kind of arrived at that, where I've arrived at that personally, is you know I struggle with anxiety, and what God has revealed to me over the last couple of years is that where the source of that anxiety is really the fact that there's a weak faith. There's a here's a good word for it, a fragile faith, um, and that's this real source of what's happening with my anxiety. And so last week we talked through that a lot. I mean, in a lot of good detail, and then started to go into um, ways to strengthen that faith. Because Mm -hmm. if the confession is is that the faith is weak, then, well, what are we going to do about it? And and God doesn't want you to sit in a weak faith. And so, as a matter of fact, everything he's doing in our lives is to uh, strengthen our faith, to build that faith inside of us. And so you don't want to just stay there. So the idea was, is all right, the confession is that I have a weak faith, and that's the source of my anxiety, what are we doing to do something about that? And mm-hmm. so I started talking through kind of what God has been doing in my life over the last, you know, last year and a half or so. Um, we'll really get into that next next podcast coming up, the second then one right after this one. We'll get into in detail, I think, what God's been doing in my life recently with this. But over the last year and a half that the idea has been, you know, as I've studied the word and I've and I've started to jump into um the book of Hebrews in particular. Yeah. And so we'll actually be there today. If you guys are listening around, you wanna you know, pull up the Bible app on your phone or wherever it might be and yeah. um, or take some notes to look at later. We'll actually be there in a few minutes, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12. God started kind of showing me through that scripture that uh, it's okay to admit that our faith's weak and that we have struggles in our faith, but then let's do something about it. And so that one way that we looked at last week that really strengthened our faith was this idea of, coming from the first verse in chapter 12 of Hebrews, is to consider the witnesses that have gone before us, right? And so when you start to think about those people – that have walked before you, that are strong in the faith, biblical folks, but then folks in your life, Yeah, you start to see, well, hold up, this is doable, and there's people before me that have done it, and so I'm not alone, I'm not by myself. Yeah. And you look at other people's walks, um, which is kind of what this podcast is, right? I mean, when I say the messy walk, I'm first and foremost talking about my, my walk, right? So Graham and I are talking about ourselves, but then at the same time, we're talking about the walk of all Christians in general. Yeah, And so, you know, it He's he's coming along beside us. We look at other people's walks. God's coming along beside us and saying, "See, you know, if you consider the witnesses that have gone before you, that's what we see in Hebrews." Then it helps to start to strengthen that faith. That was the first one. So, what we want to do today is there's not another confession today. Um, and there's no. not another confession next episode either.
0: There are plenty more. Though. There's
1: plenty more to come. Plenty more, right. Plenty for more. Sure. Uh, and there's plenty of more that we won't say today that maybe, no. or that we won't say in this little series that maybe we have to do later on in the podcast. And so, if you guys are wherever you're at, if you're listening or whatever, and you want to interact with us on the social media, um, and throw some stuff out there
0: for sure we are on facebook if you guys want to go facebook forward slash messy walk podcast it will go straight to our facebook page we also are on instagram the messy walk podcast underscores in between each um, word and then we also are on spotify and apple podcast yeah
1: so on those on those social media ones if you want to interact and be like hey you, know, you gave me these two confessions, give me a third. If you ask it on there, I'll give you another one. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we we'll, want to hear what you guys want to
0: hear. If you tell us what you think about the podcast, um, be honest. Yep. And you you know, know, just you know, told things about being brutally honest about our Christian walk, so you know, we want to hear what you yeah, guys and I'm, think not, about so it. I'm not. So
1: I'm not going to give you a confession this week, and I'm not going to give you one next week. But if you want one, uh, head on over to the social stuff, follow us, and ask a question, and we'll be glad to give it to you. But today sure. what, what we want to do is we want to continue on with that second confession, of having this weak faith and then talk about building that thing and like building off of that first week. So one of the ways you build it is considering the witnesses. And then today I want to talk about another way that we build our faith, all coming from this same little piece of scripture, right? All coming from this section. Let me just remind everybody of the context here. So the book of Hebrews, we do not know exactly Mm -hmm. who wrote it, right? It was 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 attributed to Paul for a long time. And then matter of fact, most people, most pastors, that's what they'll end up telling you. But, um, pretty certain it's not Paul, but it's, more, but it's a Jewish Christian for sure who Paul had a lot of influence with, so possibly Barnabas or somebody like that, right? But the Hebrews, these people, they are struggling because the Christian life has gotten real hard for them, right? It's been difficult. And they've got these difficult questions, and they've got these unanswered prayers, and some of them are barely hanging on to their faith, right? And so to me, I'm like, Raise my hand, I must be a Hebrew then, you know, like because that's that's it. Hard questions, doubt, and then there's some seasons, some days where you just you're just going through life, and you're going, Man, I'm barely hanging on to this thing we call yeah. faith. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm just being real, I'm just being honest. You know, I, my, as a pastor, I'll be straight up honest with you right now. I feel like that every Monday. So every Monday for me is like spiritual warfare battle. Every Monday for me is I'm um, I'm tired and I'm wore out from the weekend. When I preach, I try to give everything that I've got on a personal level, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm talking, I'm I'm preaching to myself, and it just happens to be a bunch of people in the room. Um, and I've preached it online, you know, I've preached it in in message content for um, for our campus and that kind of stuff, and all these places. And I am. Uh, I'm just tired. I'm beat up. And then there's also been all kinds of stuff that have gone down, mm-hmm. you know, and all kinds of issues that happen when you put, when, when the church gathers together, those issues. And so on Mondays, I'm like, I know, sometimes Mondays, I feel like I'm barely holding on to this thing called faith. So I, I identify with this. And so reading this Hebrew stuff, I was like, well, this makes sense. So the writer is talking through, specifically in Hebrews 11, 12, 13, talking through these ideas of, uh, of how to strengthen that faith that obviously they're having trouble with, right? So we can identify. So this is a yeah. very applicable piece of scripture for us that if we'll dive into it can really help us study and raise our faith level. Yeah. And so what you end up seeing um, in Hebrews 12, two is you start to pick up on this other way to build your faith. And the the second way that you can build your faith and combat that fragile, weak faith that you have is to literally fix your eyes on mm-hmm. Jesus, and you probably heard that phrase before. I mean, it's a pretty well known piece of scripture. Um, there's some songs, there's some worship songs, there's some hymns yeah. of fixing your eyes on Jesus, and it's
0: not just a Christianese phrase. We want to dive into it. Practically, how do you... Yeah, yeah. we
1: want to talk like... You yes. Know, not just, well, here's the scripture, fix your eyes on Jesus. Just go that's, do it. Right. No, 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 yeah. I don't think that's the case. And when he says this, that's not really what he's talking about. So uh, Hebrews 12, verse 2, the first part, you see fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? This idea of actually fixing our eyes. I want to point out that I think this is really crucial. In how you do that, it's sort of way, in the way it's worded. So in the Greek this idea of fix or look, right? So when you say fix your eyes, you're really talking about looking, right? What are you Mm -hmm. looking at? So if you're fixing your eyes on something, you're looking at something, right? Looking directly at it. The word here is not just look, it's look away, um, as in look off into the distance. Hmm. And so this idea of fixing your eyes on Jesus is looking off into the distance at who Jesus is, not look at him It's not something you look at him doing right now, but you're looking at kind of you're looking out of your pain and out of your darkness into things about him further out, if that makes any sense. So instead of just right now in this moment, sort of further out. And so there's a couple things that you're looking at. So when we say fix your eyes on Jesus, we're not looking at him right now in the middle of the circumstance. We're looking at him in the future, we're looking at him in the distance, we're looking further out. So we're looking past the darkness and the mess and the doubts and the questions and the I'm barely holding on. Cause it's a Monday right So on a Monday morning, the applicable way for me on a Monday morning, I'm not looking at Jesus in the middle of the Monday. I'm looking at, I'm going to look down a road, right? I'm looking further ahead. And so it's this idea that, that what you're getting there is this picture of, uh, pushing through perseverance in your faith further down the road. In other words, I'm going to look at my faith in Christ. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus A week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, six months from now, right? 20 years from now. Same kind of concept that's going on with that whole consider the witnesses. You're looking at people's whole Trek life and you're going, all right, where will I be in 20 years as a Christ follower? So it's the same idea. But you're looking at not this mess that you're sitting in right now, but further out. And when you do that, that th- those couple of verses give you um, sort of what you're supposed to focus on. So you're looking at him, uh, two things about him in the future. So the first one is you're looking at his promise. And so the rest yeah. of that verse two um, is fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith right? He's the pioneer and he's the perfector of it. In other words, he wrote it, he created it, right? He's the one that started this whole thing, and he's the one that will see it through. You didn't start it, yeah. so you don't have to see it through. He's the one that started it in you. He's the one that birthed it in you, right? You only have faith at all because God gives you the ability to have faith. Yeah right i mean we even forget that i think we forget a lot of times that the fact that we can have even have faith to begin with is the grace of god yeah right and so he, we didn't start this thing he started this process and he's the one that will finish it and when you stare at jesus when you look at jesus you you see that the cross shows you this is real good the cross shows you that he has more invested in your life than you do right the cross proves mm. to you, show me something in your life, yeah. Graham, get me, a, get me an example, get me a thing, right? Show me something in your life that would be as tangible as the cross that says, this is how much you've got invested in your life. I can't give you one. No. I can't show you one. But when you look at the cross, what you mm. see is that Jesus has more invested in you and your life and your faith walk, right? Because yeah. your faith walk is your life than you do. Mm. He. It's tangible. You can see it when you look at the cross. And so if that's the case, which I believe it is, he'll complete this process. He'll complete it. Yeah. So in essence, staring at Jesus, understanding who Jesus is, looking at him in the future and knowing what he has invested in your life pushes you into stronger faith because in a sense, you're being asked to run a race that's already been won, Right. He's just asking you to push forward going, look, I started this in you. I'm going to finish this in you. If you believe that I have died to save you, then how could you not believe that I'm completing the whole thing anyway, right? And when we talk about if you have belief in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, I don't know anybody. Well, I do know some people. They're crazy, but uh, <laughs> I was probably wrong, but actually accurate that, that believe in the resurrection of Jesus without believing in the second coming of Jesus, right? And so that Jesus has. Risen, And if you believe he's risen, then whatever risen Jesus says to you, uh, you're going to believe, right? And so when risen Jesus says, I'm coming back, you can count on it because he just came back from the dead. And so Jesus is going to complete this thing. And so he's already won this race. You are being asked to run a race by the one who's built the faith in you to begin with. But he's asking you to run a race that he's already won. You don't have to win it. And so, of course, then. You can get back up on a Monday morning, you know on a Tuesday morning and you can believe and you can push forward again in your faith because you're being asked to run a race that's already been won. Hmm. One, one of the best um, little stories that somebody told me a long time ago. Um, it, it was a friend of mine uh, who's a pastor in Florida, and he um, told this story, this, this this little moment that happened in his life. He has a son who uh, was playing baseball. And we grew up, I grew up as a baseball family. As a matter of fact, my father has, in Caswell County, North Carolina, my dad has an indoor batting cage at his house that kids from all over the community come and hit in that batting cage, right? So I grew up in a baseball family. So this analogy, this story really gets me. Hmm. And so he told this story about his son um, playing on a baseball team, and uh, in like the third or fourth inning of this game, the his son's team – Was destroying the other team. In baseball with kids, you call that the slaughter rule. So if you're in professional baseball, right? If you're in professional baseball, the score can be 50 to nothing. They're still playing to those nine innings. When you're talking about kids, you're not trying to destroy the opponent. And so you hit a certain number. So let's just say when I was a kid, it was 10. If you were up by 10 runs by a certain inning, then the game was going to end that next inning, right? And you had already won. And so he tells his story that their team has won, it's over with. And his son gets up to bat, and he, he his son gets nervous, and so it's, it's like strike one, it's like strike two. Now, the game is already over with. It's already won. So the, the boy is hitting, and no matter what happens, he strikes out, he hits a home run, does not matter because the game is already won. Hmm. And the boy gets nervous. And anyway, his dad pulls him over to the side and he starts to explain this to him like, look, son, it does not. You can swing for the fences. Give it all you've got. Let it all loose. Have fun and go for it. Because no matter what happens, games already won. So you can go out there and you can try, and you can try your best, and you can give it your best effort. You can quit worrying about whether or not you're going to let down your teammates or let down your coach or what if I fail because it's already over with. It's already won. Such a great analogy, right? That's where we're at. So when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we know he started this thing, the cross proves that to us right? The cross proves that he's got more invested in us than we do. The resurrection proves, and once again, the promises of Jesus prove that he's got this whole thing. He's going to complete it. Don't worry about it, right? It's already done. We're running this race. We're playing this game to where we can get up every day and we can try the best that we can. And if we fail or if we succeed, if we strike out swinging for the fences or if we do hit the home run as we're growing in our faith, it's okay either way because the race has already won. There's this thing that starts to push you towards. Of course, you can get back up, Adam Cook, on a Tuesday. I know some stuff happened this weekend and it's bugged you out, and you're tired of church people complaining all the stinking time. And that sounds like a confession. And and you know you're, you're tired of all this stuff going down. And you know you get criticism and people complain. And people say you know that you're wrong. You didn't do this right. And you know you have folks that will look at you and go. Uh, I'm not coming back to this church. You know, all this kind of stuff goes down. And it's like God going, come on now, if you fix your eyes on me, if you look at me, you know that we're running a race, sorry, run. So, of course, you can get back up, put your big boy britches on, Adam, and keep going back at it, keep walking in that faith, growing in that faith because the game's already won. And you only get that if you focus your eyes on Jesus. So this first thing he's saying in Hebrews 2 is fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, he started it, and the perfecter, he's the one that's going to end that faith. That's not on you, right? That's that's a big one. And so you look at his promise. That's what that is. That's the promise of Jesus. But then he goes on in the next verse. I'm actually skipping a little bit of verse two, but you go on to the next verse in verse three, and he gives you another thing that you're looking at in Jesus. And so it says, it says, consider him. This is Hebrews 12 3 consider him talking about Christ who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart hmm. Consider the fact that he has already walked through it and so knowing that he walked through it so you're looking at when you're when you're when you're fixing your eyes on Jesus you're looking at his promise he's the one doing it but then you're looking at his own experience I mean you ever pay attention to do you ever just stop and pay attention to I do what the world says about Christians? Yeah, it's rough. Right. I mean, what the world says about Christians is pretty rough. They all think we're idiots. Right. They all think that we're crazy for believing in, you know, this Jesus person. Right. They all believe. I mean, historically speaking, everybody believes Jesus existed. Everybody believes Jesus was a good person. We know this historically. Um, Matter of fact, everybody also historically believes because it's recorded that he was actually murdered and died. But the idea the belief that he rose from the grave and he's the son of God, um, people think that we're idiots. People think that we're dumb. You know, as as a whole, the world looks at Christian as, as if you believe something as naive as that, that you're just kind of stupid, right? And so we're all just kind of dumb. Uh, people believe that the world believes that we're blind to reality. And so as science and things come up that we're not willing to embrace or look at any of those things because we have this false belief, um, and so that we're just sort of blind to reality. But don't forget hmm. that when you look at Jesus' experience, as we experience that, that Jesus's crucifixion was a joint project between the far left and the far right like it was it was both sides of the spectrum that put Jesus to death it was the the the, the Jewish high holies right and at the same time it was the we don't believe in nothing the romans right so it was a joint project between both of them and we've got to remember, as we look at Jesus' experience, this helps me and my, my faith walk a lot to grow it. If we look at Jesus' experience and know that that's how it happened to him, mm-hmm. then we need to remember that we can expect the same kind of treatment. So what what the writer saying is, is look at what Jesus went through. He went through all this stuff where both sides of the spectrum thought he was crazy and an idiot and killed him. So you can expect the same kind of treatment. So as you look at Jesus' you know. Experience just kind of chill out a little bit, right? Don't decide to walk yeah. away from the faith because Jesus experienced it. You should, you're should you going to experience the same stuff. You would know what I
0: mean? Would you say to the Christian that's experiencing something like that to look at it with joy that that's happening? Like that's a good sign in your Christian life that people are treating you the same way that Jesus did, and that should be like, wow, like,
1: you know what I'm saying? I, I really do think that when you're looking at little litmus tests of your faith, and I'm always doing this. I'm always looking at a little test in myself to see how strong my faith is, right? That's how I determined that my faith was weak to begin with, As you start to look at things. Yeah. I think one of the great tests of that is if you're being treated like Christ, then you're probably on the right track, right? Because the whole point is is to follow him not just in words, but in deeds. Is yeah. to follow him with whole life. And, and, and there's a promise from Jesus. I mean, Jesus says, if they hate me, they'll hate you. Right? I mean, he, he's giving you. A, he's saying that's what's going to happen. So I absolutely think yeah. that it's a. It's hard to look at that stuff as a good thing. So the way that you make yourself see it as a good thing is you go, well, is this? There's nothing joyful that feels. It doesn't. This doesn't feel good, right? But I must be on the right track. So let me just keep pushing forward. You mm-hmm. know, it's the same thing with with um, with pushback from the enemy. We won't get into a lot of that with this right now, but. It's the same thing with that. I mean, if the devil's not pushing back against you, if the enemy's not pushing back against you, it's probably for a reason. It's probably because you ain't doing nothing worthy of being pushed back. Right? So when you start to feel this, this spiritual resistance from the enemy, it's probably because you are becoming more like Jesus. You are doing the things that Jesus instructed you to do, and there's pushback from the enemy on that. Um, but then, like, he takes this thought even further. So this idea of, um, you know that this happened to Jesus. It's going to happen to you. If you read verse four in the next very very next verse, it says, "In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood." Right? It says, "Look, uh, at least you ain't died yet, so you should be encouraged." Right? At least, at least you have not died yet. In other words, uh, you're still alive. What the author's saying right there is, he's going, "Fix your eyes on Jesus, man." pull your pants up, look at Jesus, you're still alive. He died from this resistance. You ain't yet. And so fix your eyes on Jesus. Stare at him. The cross shows you that he's committed to seeing this thing through in your life. Right? The cross yeah. shows that to you. And so you just got to keep staring at him. You can't. In other words, what he's trying to say is is, is your, your faith's going to get stronger if you look at Jesus. If yeah. you focus your attention on all this stuff that's going bad, if you focus your attention so heavily on the doubts or the persecution or the questions that you have or how bad things are as you're following Jesus, then you're not going to go anywhere. But if you focus on Christ, then you're building the faith up there, and because he's he's committed to seeing this whole thing through. The resurrection shows you that he's able to see it through, right? So the, the, the cross shows you he's committed to it. The resurrection shows you he's able. And so cross says Jesus was all in here. Yeah. The resurrection says, I'm not just all in. I have the power to actually do this thing. I can see, I'm seeing this thing through for you. The cross shows you the pain that you're experiencing now is to be expected. Mm -hmm. But don't lose heart because God only brings the power of the resurrection through the power of the cross. Mm -hmm. And so there is, you don't get Resurrection Sunday without Death Friday. And so you're going to walk through some troubles in your faith. You're not going to get to a strong, solid faith unless you walk through seasons of things that, that, are, that make your faith weak and it's fragile and you keep pushing through it. That's yeah. where the growth is going to happen from it, right? Yeah. And so when, when, you, when you're standing on a Monday or something like me, I keep going back to that because that's my personal experience. You're standing there and you're going, man, I don't know about this. But then you look back and you go... We pushed through. We got through. God's still good. I'm all right. I'm pushing through it. Those weak moments end up being what grows the faith if you can focus on Christ going forward. You know, I want to quit often, often. Maybe you do too. Scripture says to you, don't do it. Don't quit, man. Like these these things are just minor setbacks. If you keep walking through this focused on Jesus, he is going to grow this thing in you and you're going to be shocked it's gonna be like just like any other thing in our life that you're gonna look back 10 15 years later and you're gonna be like I'm so glad I didn't quit because look where my faith is now right and I wouldn't yeah. feel, and I don't feel like that anymore and I'm not at that spot anymore and God's done all this stuff and I'm so glad that I didn't quit don't quit he's already won the race you just got to get up and let him finish his this run through you right mm-hmm. you, you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other every day when it comes to our faith walk. And you think, you know, thinking about those people that have gone before you helps build that faith. But then staring at fixing your eyes on Jesus knows, you know, it gives you this ability every day I'm walking, I'm running this race. Mm -hmm. He's already won it. Yeah. You know, Slaughter rules already happened, right? Which is kind of funny to even say that, because Jesus literally was slaughtered. So slaughter rules already happened. He's already won the race. You just got to get up every day and keep mushing forward, and then you will be shocked over time how faith will actually build through that. Hmm. That's, what, that's what the writer here is kind of talking about. And he's telling this to people who literally are on the verge of, I don't know if I can hold on to this anymore, you know? And I... And I am not trying to belittle our issues as American Christians. Um, our issues as American Christians. I am not trying to belittle them. I mean, these people were being set on fire as lights for gardens. You know, they were being killed and murdered in droves. They, they were being imprisoned. They, I mean, and so of course, all that's going on, and you got folks going. I don't know if this is worth it. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, "No, it is worth it." And let me prove to you why. All we gotta do is stare at Jesus and we know it's worth it. Yeah. And it's not just something we trudge through. There there is something that's being built in that. And so you get through a season where you feel like your faith has been quite weak. Like that was my whole confession, is that this massive amount of anxiety that comes and goes at different points in my life it was finally getting my eyes open to seeing that I think the majority of this is coming from the fact that my faith is weak. It's, my faith's got to grow. So as my faith has grown, grown, I'll talk to you about this in the next one, in the next episode, as my faith has grown, that anxiety has subsided some, and it's only because, what must that mean then? That must mean that faith is growing, right? That, that there's an increased faith that's building there. But it only came through these harder things that we walk through as it builds. Um, so, you know, it may be difficult for you, you guys that are listening right now, um, and there's more than six of you, which is praise Jesus. Right? Yeah. I mean, have praise, more people coming up praise, saying, praise God. you got five, you got six, <laughs> you, got you, got <laughs> six you got seven. Right. So there's much more than that now. Praise yeah. God. Um, But we're all in this thing together, and when we say messy walk, that's what we're referring to. It's it's not this easy little road, and it's quite messy. Most of the stuff is our fault, and half of the battle, I think, maybe even more than half the battle, maybe the whole battle is us being able to recognize every day, Jesus has built this into me. He's the one that's going to complete it. I just got to keep pushing forward every single day. And as we do that, he builds something that's stronger and stronger and stronger in us, and that to me is what is attractive what will be attractive to those that don't know Christ is how do you push through every day? Well, let me just tell you, right? It's Jesus. It's what he's done for me. I look at what he's done, and then he builds in me yeah. this endurance that's more like him, right? Because you've got to remember, I mean, Jesus, Jesus walks perfectly to the cross. If we are being built to be more like Jesus, then we are walking closer to him, but that doesn't mean that we're not walking towards the cross. We're always getting closer and closer to the cross always in our own lives right it's that whole idea of us picking up our own cross mm-hmm. right we're growing in that and so nothing about strong faith we look at Jesus's track record nothing about strong faith says strong faith at some point in your life equals easy i don't think so i think jesus had a perfect faith and it led to him being murdered it led to you know a rough situation Faith as it increases does not mean that troubles and things are going to go away, right? I think as faith increases and troubles are also there, and then sometimes they increase as well, the faith gives you a better understanding about what's really happening there, right? And so you have you can, you can walk through it easier, better, not easier is the wrong way. You can walk through it um, stronger. Um, you can handle it better. You can handle more. People with stronger faith can handle more. You can handle more of those things. And that's just in a, in, in a, a visual image of Jesus in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, that we can walk through that. And so, you know, to me, I mean, it's hard to admit, hard to admit that my faith has been weak at certain times, especially when I'm supposed to have been a leader in the faith. But when I finally admitted that, I was able to start to see things like this in Scripture that would help me to grow the faith, Instead of just abandoning ship, you know, waving the white flag and saying, this is done. This is too hard. It's over with. Now, if I keep looking at Jesus, I know uh, he's already done it. No matter what comes, he's won the race. You know, as we wrap this episode up, be, the, be that 10-year-old boy, that 10-year-old girl standing at that plate. The game's already won. The coach has done pulled you aside and said, look, man, we've won. So get up there, do your best, try hard, try some different things, right? Go for it, give it all you've got in this particular game, right? And So as Christians, stand at the plate, go for it, right? Try to reach other people for Christ in different ways. Try something new to be able to push forward to that. Open up your mouth and speak when you're scared because yeah. the game's already won. Yeah, It's over with. And so if he's won the game, If he's won the battle, if the war is won, that should free us up as Christ followers to step up and go for it. And if we fail, if you swing for the fences and you miss, oh well, the game's still won. You know, it's such a good, man, it's such a good thing. I can't get away from that little idea. And and by the way, um, just uh, yesterday, our littlest one, Madeline, she's five, um, she's our, our. Oh, man, our just I mean, she's just she's a bold little rascal right there. Um, matter of fact, we were watching in our small group yesterday. Um, we were watching uh, The Chosen, which, by the way, if you haven't seen The Chosen yet, you should go check it out. It's a crowdsourced, crowdfunded thing of the life of Jesus. It is absolutely incredible. Um, it, it's an app. Just go to the App Store and type in The Chosen. It's all for free. It's all crowdfunding. You can give to it if you want to. Anyway, we were watching it, and we were watching the episode, season two, first episode of season two, you get introduced to Jesus calling um, the two brothers, the the brothers, the, the sons of thunder, because of how like just bizarre they act in this one particular incident. And last night, I was like, I looked at a little Madeline, and I was like, "That's our daughter of thunder right there. She is crazy." Anyway, <laughs> she played. She had her first t-ball practice yesterday, and she was fierce. She was, she was just trying whatever. She was just gung-ho, going after the ball, going just going for it. And it was such a good picture um, remembering this story about you know playing baseball and the fact that this game's won and then watching those little kids play. They have no concept of the game needing to be won or lost, right? They're just giving it all they got. And sometimes they look stupid. and Sometimes they do great. Sometimes they're picking their nose and eating dirt. That's most of the time what they do in t-ball, by the way. They, they catch butterflies, pick dirt. You know, they don't I'm not paying attention to anything. But then then they get an opportunity to hit and they're just like, I'm just going for it. Um, we gotta be like that as Christians. And if if you want to grow your faith, stare at Jesus. Not just Jesus in the middle of your circumstance, but stare at him further out. Stare at him the fact that he started this in the past with you and he has already completed it in the future. To me, that what more fuel do we need to keep going forward and have yeah. the faith grow in us than to know that that's the case, Yeah. right? So, I, I just love that 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 little piece of Hebrews. That's Hebrews twelve, two, three, and four. Um, have helped me tremendously in the last year or so in growing this faith that I realized was quite weak hmm. um, in a tremendous way. So, obviously, you can listen to. Two random guys that are sitting in Danville, Virginia, right now, um, or you just go crack open Hebrews twelve and read verses two, three, and four, and start to apply that's that good. stuff. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I personally, in my walk, I have to continue going back to Jesus saying, "It is finished." In yeah. my times of stress, and I'm like, "Oh,
1: perfect scripture for this moment, right?" right? I and mean, that's what we're talking about. Christ, saying, I, it's over. I, his, I've done it. Yeah, yeah like, I, that
0: encourages me so much. I'm like. <sighs>
1: Okay. You know, you got to remember that too. We're, we barely talked about it when, earlier, but when we start talking about spiritual warfare and the enemy coming against you, that's another thing that you can do. You can remind yourself when he says it is finished, he's referring to the enemy. It's over with. It's done. Yep. Right. It's completed. You know, the enemy is going to pop up in your life, and he, this is a good one to end on. He is going to remind you of your past, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he does. But what you can do, knowing that it is finished in Jesus. You can remind him of his future because hmm. it's a guarantee. That's good. Right? That's really so good. So he starts to throw up your past in your life. You can't do this. Look where you've been. Who, why would you ever – don't say this. You can't talk about this because remember what you did, right? And so you can't tell somebody what Christ is doing because then you got all this stuff that you've done in your past. You're not worthy of this. You, you can't handle this. You know, you can go, well, hold up. You're going to remind me of my past. I'm going to remind you of your future because there's a place called a lake of fire, and it was made for you. Yeah, It wasn't made for people that don't follow Jesus. It's made for the enemy. And it's already done. Jesus says it's finished. It's completed. The enemy has already lost. we got to keep that in mind as we trudge forward. He's already lost. He is the loser. He's been declared loser. So when you're fighting with him, when he's fighting in your life, you can remind him of his future when he reminds you of your past.
0: That's really good. Yeah, it's good stuff right there. Boom.
1: Well. dropped a podcast mic, which I can't drop because it's attached oh. to something that's sitting in front of my face.
0: <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> These things are
1: expensive. <laughs> <Here> they are. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you guys for thank joining you so much. Guys. This episode of the Messy Walk Podcast. Make sure to go check out our Facebook page. It is Facebook forward slash Messy Wild Podcast. Also, our Instagram, and we are on Spotify and Apple Music, Apple Podcasts as well. We're not doing mixtapes. We're not, not. yet. We're not making
1: music. Not yet. I haven't decided to release. You know, release that awesome thing I have to the world yet. So,
0: gotcha. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. We'll Take see care. y'all. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a great week.